Okay. Let's see. Hello, I'm Claudine, compulsive overeater, recovered compulsive overeater. Um, tonight we're talking about step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. And so I'm going to give you, and what it was like, I'm going to give you background on what my family system was like, um, not to be, you know, morbid or anything like that, but just to show you um, how God redeemed it. And so that's what I, what I want to focus on in my recovery. And so um, I've been a compulsive eater as long as I can remember since I was very, very young. Um, I was always fighting for food, needing food, trying to get to food. Um, you know, when I, when I was a little girl, it started out as being cute, the way that I would go to neighbors and things like that. And, and it was so funny that they would find empty condiment bottles in my bed and things like that. I was just, I would eat anything. And so that was my main goal. And it was I believe it was because of my family system was so chaotic and abusive, but it was also extremely religious. Um, my dad was and still is a pastor and um, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, but they, they both came from very toxic, destructive families. So um, their coping mechanisms were, my dad's was, he was extremely physically abusive. My mother was verbally and emotionally abusive. And she, my sister and I were there to, to put her back together emotionally. And, and that's what she was taught. So that's what she had to give us. That's all she had to give us. And so, but mixed in with that was, you know, we, we were always at the church. Every, we had church people over. We had to be involved in everything in the church. We were at Sunday school all the time, you know, and um, and the message that we got was God loves you like a parent, only so much more. So what I kind of metabolized that as, you know, so that means that God is unpredictable and he's really, really mad at me. And I'm not quite sure what to do to get his approval. But I believed, the, just like I believe my parents loved me, I believed that he loved me. I just didn't know. I guess I didn't know how to get the favor piece. And so um, I believe that that's, you know, that's why I ate. I just kept eating. Um things deteriorated with them. And when my sister and I were about four and six, my mom and dad got a divorce and um, she immediately married someone else. And he, he lived in our apartment complex and um, they just came home married one day. And that was that. And she said, this is your new dad. Well, um, he was also, um, we kept going to church. He was also, you know, a Christian man. And God was a very huge part of our lives. Um, he was an elder in our church and he also sat on the board of Young Life, which is a Christian youth ministry. Um, uh, but he was also an alcoholic. So he was, and he was the, the hard kind. He wasn't, 
he was high functioning in that he could have a job, but he, um, but he would get really drunk at night and he was also a pedophile, but there was still that same message of, you know, God loves you. We are a Christian family. We are this, we are this. So that is what shaped my image of what God was and what he was like. And so, um, that was how I understood him at the time. Um, you know, once I got to middle school and high school and things like that, things got progressively worse for my sister and myself. And he was outed. Um, however, the message was that we forgive and, um, forgiveness meant reconciliation. So he came home, um, as they finally divorced when I graduated from high school. And then I went out and, and did my own thing when my own thing happened to be just total self-destruction. I, I was just hopeless. I had no port. I didn't have good quality friends. I, it was just, it was a disaster. I mean, I could hold down a job, but other than that, I was, you know, it was alcohol and drugs and food, food, food. But the opposite happened with food because I was still able to um, have willpower. And 15 minutes. Still, thank you. And I was still um, trying to manage everything. And I was definitely in my own will. But I would go from underweight to overweight to underweight to overweight. And the overweight was always to try to keep myself safe. Um, but it didn't work. And so after my 20s, which was horrendous, my food disease kept getting worse and worse. And um, 30s went by still in all kinds of addiction. And then I get to 40 and um, I realize I have another problem. I'm, I'm drinking too much. So I thought, well, that must mean that I'm an alcoholic. So I, I went to AA and I um, and I thought, you know, this just really isn't that hard. And so um, I stayed in, but years after that, um, my therapist said, you know, your core addiction is not, it's not alcohol, it's food. And I, I knew that was true, but I really still thought it was a weight loss issue that I just needed to get, get it together. And then a friend told me about OA. So I thought, well, I'll try OA. And this was probably 11 years ago. So I got fully involved in OA. I went to meetings. I did all this stuff. But I, I did not believe for a second that this disease could kill me. I just thought that was stupid. I mean, I it, just how is food going to kill me? I mean, yeah, I can get, you know, some problems. But it's not like I was smoking. I mean, smoking is deadlier than food. And so... I just really wanted to lose weight and I wanted to please people. I want, I knew there was community there so I could have good community that would, and with people that were getting healthy. Um, I also didn't believe the spiritual component. I really didn't think God had anything to do with it because my relationship with God was fine. It was separate. So I sat in those rooms for all those years with not one single day of abstinence, not one lied all the time. And from listening, I could parrot what people were saying and sound like I was getting recovery, but it was not true. It was, it was completely inauthentic. And I, every morning I woke up thinking more and more, you're, you are, you were garbage, but now you're 
worse garbage because you're a liar in a room where people expect honesty and desperately need it. And so every day I would purpose to go, today is going to be different. I'm not going to lie or eat today. And I, I couldn't. I couldn't. And so years go by, we get to the pandemic, 2019, and I, um, I just quit. I'm like, this is the perfect segue, segue. OA doesn't work. And in order to justify leaving OA, which I internally knew was my last stop, I, I, I had to turn against it in a, in a verbal way. I, I thought and say, those people are just lying. They found their willpower again. And, you know, this is just stupid. If I have to hear, don't leave before the miracle starts again, I'm just going to lose it. You know, things like that. And, you know, just keep coming back. All those things infuriated me because I just couldn't, I just, I just couldn't let it pierce my heart. And so, um, I went through the pandemic. I got bigger and bigger and bigger, sicker and sicker and sicker. I made a complete mess out of a job that I shouldn't have been in anyway, but I had a huge part and I couldn't see it. I was so angry all the time that all my conversations revolved around something that started with, can you believe? And then it was X, Y, Z. And it was always in some situation where I was the victim, just could not believe what someone was doing or saying. And so a friend of mine from OA, who is now one of my dearest friends in the whole world, um, she knew all my feelings about it. And she was very gentle with me. And um, she called me one day and she said, now, I know you don't want anything to do with OA. I know you don't want anything to, but... I, I ran into this friend of mine at a meeting and she told me about this podcast and I listened to one and I just, you know, I'm just going to send it to you. If you want to listen to it, that's fine. If you don't want to listen to it, that's fine too. And I, and I trust this person. I feel safe with this person. So I thought, I just, I just was like, okay, but you know, the longing inside of me and the knowing that this was that always the last stop, I just thought, honestly thought God just wouldn't give it to me. He just wouldn't. Thank you. He just wouldn't give it to me. And so, um, so I listened to it and, you know, in that moment, when I was talking to her, I didn't know it at the time, but God was coming for me right then, right then when she told me, because something stirred me enough to make me listen to it. And I did. And it was big book teaching like I had never heard before, ever. And I I realized not, not due to anyone else's fault, but just that I did not have ears to hear prior to that. I didn't. I wasn't ready. I don't know any of the other reasons, but for some reason, it just grabbed me. And so I listened to another one. And then I thought, well, I'm going to go on a Zoom meeting. So I went on the Zoom meeting and I listened to that. And then <clears throat> and then I blew up the woman speaking on the podcast. I couldn't reach her by phone. So I was messaging her and all this stuff. And I was like, I've got to get a sponsor. I've got to get, I'm, I'm desperate. I've got to get a sponsor. And so she said, okay, where are you? And I said, I'm in Nashville. She said, okay, I've got a sponsor to just finish. She's in Nashville. Call her right now. She knows you're calling. And so I called her. And she said, okay, let's meet. And we'll just talk about how desperate you are. We'll talk about if you're desperate. And so we met, um, I think it was the next afternoon. It was four o'clock. We met at Whole Foods and um, 
you know, it was pretty busy. And I sat down and she said, okay, talk to me about why you're desperate. And I, I, it was the first time I could say that, um, it, my weight was horrifying to me, but it wasn't the main thing that, that made me desperate. It was the um, emotional drunkenness I was in. I, everything, there was just wreckage all around me. And it was only, I knew it was only going to get worse. Um, and I was so desperately hopeless and unhappy. And it wasn't just because of my body or what I saw when I passed a reflection and I had forgotten what I looked like 10 minutes before, and then would just be shocked at what I, what I had become when I saw it again. It was that I wanted I wanted emotional healing as well as physical healing. And I didn't want to be thin. I wanted to be healthy. My daughter came to me before that and said, mom, I'm so scared about you getting COVID because of your weight. I'm terrified. And I just, you know, and it wasn't condemning in any way. I just thought, oh my God. So um, it was serious. I was pre-diabetic. It was very serious, but she said, okay, I want you to pray out loud right now for our spiritual transformation. And, um, and I did, I, I did, I would have prayed anything in that moment. And I prayed for a spiritual transformation and I meant it. And then, um, she said, okay, here are the things that I expect you to do. And I, I still have the piece of paper. It's right here. All the things she asked me to do, the little food she gave me to do. And, and I was writing it down furiously and I thought, I kept thinking, okay, this is a lot, a lot, a lot. This is a lot, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it all. And then um, we talked about my food and I had not been to a nutritionist or anything. So I needed her to tell me what the food was. And, and um, this was another huge pivotal thing for me because I was never, ever willing to take instruction. I only picked the things my sponsor would give me before that I was already doing like, Oh, I journal, I can journal. I'm definitely not calling anybody. I'm not doing that. Oh, well, I won't do that. And so, and I really thought that was enough. And, um, so she gave me the food plan. I, I did cry over the plain eight ounces of full fat yogurt. That was horrifying to me, but I was willing to do it. We found a way around it. But I was willing to do it. But, um, I said, I said, okay, I'll do, I'll, I'll, I'll eat all of this, but it's not, it's not, I'm going to starve. It's not going to be enough. And she said, she just looked at me and she said, I didn't question it. And I thought, that's it. That's it. That is the willing to take instruction piece. That's what it is. And <clears throat> I didn't say anything else. And I walked out of there knowing that, I mean, I had barely leaned in. I had barely leaned in. I, I asked for a sponsor. I five minutes. Thank you. I went to the meeting, um, on zoom and, and I barely leaned in and said, I'm finally willing. And it was like, God, um, in that moment snatched me out of the ocean. That's what it felt like when I was leaving whole foods that day. It was that, um, it just, I just felt it the whole way walking out of there. And one thing that I love that I was reading in, um, in the 12 and 12, and I just, I absolutely love this. It says, 
we can further add that at the beginning, even the smallest is all that is needed. Once we have placed the key of willingness in the lock and have the door ever so slightly open, we find that we can always open it some more. Though self-will may slam it shut again, as it frequently does, it will always respond the moment we again pick up the key of willingness. The more we become willing to depend upon a higher power, the more independent we actually are. It is when we try to make our will conform with God's that we begin to use it rightly. To all of us, this was a most wonderful revelation. Our whole trouble had been the misuse of willpower. We had tried to bombard our problems with it instead of attempting to bring it into agreement with God's intention for us. Step three calls for affirmative action, for it is only by action that we can cut away the self-will, which has always blocked the entry of God, or if you like, a higher power into our lives. And that is what happened to me. It took, it. he waited for even the slightest willingness from me to reach down and pull me in. And it has been, you know, at first it was so overwhelming. I just thought I I would just be in crisis and think, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do it all? And, you know, and it was tools, tools, tools. And, you know, and now I have to look at myself and go, okay, are you making, are you making the tools your God or is God your God? So it's all this checking and rechecking and talking to people. And my gosh, the, the people, it's like, he said, okay, I'm not only going to make you food neutral. I'm going to give you friends. You never dreamed of having that know you the minute you start talking to them. They don't know you, but they know you. And you know what else I'm going to do for you? I'm going to remove 60 pounds just on top of it all. It was, it's been hard and miraculous and life-changing. And the biggest thing is that I have spent a ton of my life just waiting to die. Not that I had a death wish, not that I had a plan or anything like that. I just thought, I'm just, I don't have a purpose. I'm just waiting to die. And now I have a purpose and I do want to live and I can wake up in the morning. And one of my gratitudes is that I have breath in my lungs. That is unheard of for me. And so, um, I'm accountable. I, I do tenths and elevenths. What I when which I lied about and told people I knew what it was. I didn't even know what they were. And do I dread the tools sometimes? Absolutely. I don't want to do that any more than I want to exercise. But this has been. I love this program, and I hated it when people said that there is a miracle that happens. I hated people that said that, and it this will change your life if you can just be willing and surrender. So thank you. I'll pass. Thank you so much, Claudine. Um, we're going to now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or asterisk nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Um, Kendall, would you set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? All right, and then if the speaker asks a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. 
So here we go. Who would like to share? Who wants to recover? Shares or questions, either way. Okay, Amy L, go for it. Hi everyone, Amy here in California, grateful compulsive eater. And um, Claudine, I was just so, where are you? <laughs> I was so riveted by your share and um, just so moved how honest you were and um, I could relate to many parts of your story. And I loved when you said, and I know I'm cross-talking, but just I, I heard you say, I used to start all my conversations with, can you believe? And I know that feeling. And I lived very much for a long time in that dark place of, you know, why is this happening to me? And it's funny when I, so I'm a, a re, relapse, um, relapse survivor, driver. And um, I had my first like real uh, spiritual awakening and, and recovery um, about 20 years ago in my 40s. And it was kind of like I was struck abstinent like something came in and it was that feeling of some I didn't even know what God was but something got pulled out but I gave away that recovery I was very much in my bondage of self and making it about weight loss and making it about my ego in many ways and I have to say with this step three I love the reading on that you shared, step three calls for affirmative action. And the times I've come back from relapse, including this last time two years ago, I had to accept that God wasn't going to just come in necessarily. Maybe I've heard you only get that once, I don't know. But that I had to take actions. The second I make that decision, the second I have that that moment of sanity that I get, this is killing me. This is killing my spirit and my love for people, for myself, for the world. I have to be committed to taking action, action, action. And I didn't get that before. I just was waiting. I say the third step prayer um, and thought something would lift. And so today I have to take step three every day because I drift away. I drift away from God and I go into bondage of self. But thank you to all you, to higher power, to, to this spiritual way of life. There's a way of making that U-turn. So thank you so much again. Thank you everyone for being here and I pass. Thank you, Amy. Melissa, go ahead and share or ask a question. Hi, everybody. I'm Melissa. I'm a compulsive overeater. Thank you so much, Claudine. Um, it's just amazing to see how 
um, God can work in the lives of the people around you. And um, talking about step three, I just feel like nothing can increase my faith in this higher power more than seeing how they work in the lives of my fellows, because um, it's just a big encouragement. And I love the part about, I think about it often too. I didn't question it. I think about that a lot. And what it takes to get to that place is to just get to the total end of myself and um, feeling like God brings that to me because I couldn't get myself to that place on my own, but it's just encouraging to know that, you know, you've heard said like that God is on the search and rescue mission, but how you were willing to listen to that podcast. And then you had more willingness as it came and it snowballed into a real decision, but the decision like was said too, would be nothing without action behind it. So, um, I'm sure you've heard the three frogs on a log. One decides to jump off. How many frogs are left on the log? Um, they're all still there. You got to jump off. So followed by action. And it's just a good reminder because this is not something we do just once. Like we, we do. I mean, I try to ask God to guide my thoughts and take my life every morning. Um, but there is a lot of work that goes um, to be a you know, bona fide member of OA, you know, to, there's a lot of work that goes into that. So I'm just encouraged by your share and, you know, that I don't want to question what God has put in front of me so clearly that he wants me to do, which is my work in OA. And sometimes I don't always do it. So thank you, Claudine. That's all I got. Thank you, Melissa. Arlene, go ahead. There we go. Um, hi, my name is Arlene. I'm a compulsive overeater and I'm from Los Angeles. Um, yeah, thank you so much for your share, Claudine. I got a lot out of it. And I also have a long history of relapse in this program and some abstinence. But, um, and I have a longtime sponsor, but about, I don't know, maybe a couple of months, a month ago, I I heard a woman on this meeting and there was just something that, um, a connection and I called her and, um, you know, we started talking, she was very lovely and she sent me what she does. And, and again, like Claudine, it was like, wow, okay. Um, so these are the things I needed to report back to her each night. And I laughed because when I report back to her, I think, oh crap, oh yeah, let me read this before I do this. And oh yeah, let me make an outreach call so I can report something back. But as far as step three, I love step three. I mean, she always says she reads 10 and 11. I started to read step three in the big book every day. And I just absolutely love it because what it brings home to me is the part that it says, talks about my selfishness and my self-centeredness. And I was in a... Um, a step study and uh she had me she had us read it as i it was not we it's i i am self-centered i am blah blah and i am you know and i could see myself in there that i'm the kind of self-centeredness that uh, oh if i'm even more obsequious or i'm more kind or i'm more people pleasing then perhaps i might get what I want. And I come from a place of not speaking up for myself. And that's been a hard journey, you know, in, in my marriage, because he did and I didn't. And, um, you know, we, 
made the, and we made a go of it. He just died last April, and uh, I'm sad to say, and he had been sick for many years. But you know, when he died, we were so complete, and I'm so thankful because you know it wasn't like oh I should have said this or we didn't discuss that. Hey, I met him in OA actually. And I laughed because sometimes people would say, oh, you're both in OA. It must be wonderful. And I thought, well, you know, it's a marriage. Uh, it, it has its ups and downs, but we really enjoyed our time together. And, you know, I I also love step four that I'm moving on to it because, uh, especially with this new sponsor, because I think it's going to be a different way of working it. And I, uh, yeah, I just think step three and then step four and moving on to all the steps has more meaning to me right now. And I'm definitely so willing. And, you know, I went to see a doctor. I'm going to have knee surgery. And I talked about losing weight. And he said, you know, don't lose weight quickly. People do better if they don't lose weight quickly. You need all the nutrients. So I said, okay, but I'm doing it in a healthy way. And uh, I'm grateful to be here. And, and thank you for your share, Claudine, and for everybody else. I pass. Thank you, Arlene. Stacy F., you are up. Thank you. Hi, I'm Stacey. I'm a re recovering compulsive reader. Claudine, thank you so much. That was so inspiring and so amazing to hear. Um, I really, really appreciated it. Um, I'm, I've am i been back in program. I used to in program a long time ago. I've been back in for three years and I've been completely abstinent since January 1st. And I'm so grateful and um, that's been that's been pretty easy. Like it was just lifted. It was really a gift. And I'm working the steps. And I just did my fifth step um, yesterday. I did my fifth step. And, um, you know, it said in the book, oh, you will be delighted. You know, I mean, I maybe I took it wrong. I'm certainly not delighted. I'm like, oh, <laughs> there's a lot of work to be done here. It's like so clear. It's so clear how just, you know, my beliefs and my stories, the havoc it wreaks in my life and how it cuts me off from the sunlight of the spirit and from really living the authentic, joyous life that I that I really want to. And um, I don't even want to be of service right now, like a little, you know, I mean, I'm just being honest. So my my question for you, Claudine, um, so I'm just on six and seven now, and it was two very short paragraphs in the big book. And so my question for you, like, um, you know, how did you find God? How did, how did you find this transformation? Cause that's where the transformation is for me. Like the food was the easy part. Now it's all the other stuff, you, you know, how do you really get the shift of letting go of the jealousy or letting go of the self-centeredness or, you know, how is that removed from you? And, um, yeah, that's my question. Thank you. Um, I want to say, well, here's what happened and it's gone, but that's not what happened. Um, you know, when I was going through those steps, I, those were really hard for me because I went around at first thinking, how, how do you have a single friend? How do you, how can people stand to be around you? I mean, it was just so, um, it felt so enormous, but what, what I depended on was the people in the room saying that's you're just another one of us. You're just another bozo on that. We're all alike, you know, just reaffirming that we're all like that. But, you know, I, when I'm, when I'm doing my inventory at night, I think, um, 
these are the same things. It's the same. I might as well make copies of this piece of paper because when I have resentments or when I get upset, it comes back to my core defects. And when are you going to take them, God? When are you going to take them? That's, but you know, when do I get the promise? When do I get that? And I get impatient, but you know, I trust his timing now. I trust it. He is not a minute late. He's not a minute early. It took me 10 years of lying to get even, even a day of recovery. And so it, you know, there was nothing that happened. Um, I still struggle in that area, but I know where to take it. And, you know, I take progress as, oh my gosh, I saw what I just did. And it's only been five minutes since I did it. Mm-hmm. Whereas it could have been two years for me to see something. And mm-hmm. so there is growth. It's just, it's slow and steady. Um, just trust it. Trust what you're doing. Trust the people around you. Ask for encouragement. Get out there and say, I need encouragement. Um, thank you. Thank you. Elise, you're up. Hi, my name is Elise. I'm a compulsive overeater and a bulimic. Claudine, thank you so much for your share. I resonated with a lot of it and um, I feel hope. I feel hope. I heard your hope. Um, So thank you. Um, I'm coming back. I tried the easier, softer way and I can't stop. So, yeah, something that really resonated with me in your share was, um, like, just thinking that it was about losing weight, because that, I didn't realize how much that was, like, part of my belief system around this disease, but I'm now crushed by the disappointment of knowing that I will still have this disease at any weight. I will still be sick if I don't actually recover, if I don't actually take care of my relationship to food and my relationship to my body and my relationship to my higher power above all. Um, I think I've kind of been like, I got scared. I got scared when I entered OA. I was like, oh, oh my God, no, 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 that's not me. Um, and then I was like, oh, I'll be a good girl. Just don't take away my candy. <laughs> I'll be a good girl. And I tried to be a good girl and I tried to use my willpower, but yeah, it's it's, it's basically run out. So I have, I have no willpower left and I only have God's will. So I'm gonna give that a shot or I'm gonna try at least. Thanks for listening and thanks for being here. Thank you, Elise. Okay, Andrea. Hi, Andrea, Um, sugar addict, compulsive overeater in Ohio. And I just wanna thank the speaker um, that was just so beautiful. And I could just relate to so much of what you shared. I've been in and out of this program for many years and I just had a, an experience um, like 
literally like two weeks ago. <laughs> um, you know, I've been trying trying to get abstinent for a really long time. And um, a couple of weeks ago, something changed and I don't, it feels as though, and it's like kind of what I hear people in the room say about like, you know, there's like a search and rescue and God came and, and got me. And I do feel like something like that happened. I don't want to like jinx it. I don't know that God works that way, <laughs> that I'm going to jinx it. But um, literally, I feel like something has happened and um, like something is, something in me is like compelling me to, I, I don't know. It's just so, it's so strange. So when you were talking about what happened to you, I just, I was really relating and just the ability to kind of like look back on not even like just who I was like three weeks ago or whatever, but all of these years of um, just like this, this place I get into where I'm just so selfish and self-centered and just angry and mean and like um, purposefully say things to to be mean to people and it's just because like I'm hurting so much it's not an excuse but um and that's always coincides with my eating when I'm in the food and then when I'm you know have these bouts of abstinence and I've had so many and um suddenly I'm like like I'm a new person but then for whatever reason I don't do the work to keep it and so I know that um I gotta continually do the work each day and luckily, you know, thus far it's been, um, I've wanted, I want to do the work and I guess it's just, uh, all we have is today. And I'm, I'm aware of that and I can't like, uh, get clean on yesterday's shower and I can't, you know, shower today for tomorrow. So, um, I, I know I just got to stay in today, but I just felt, uh, like I wanted to share because, um, you know, sometimes I, I don't share and I kind of just like fade off in the background. And so trying to keep, um, just keep, uh, I guess, like connected or keep like in the, in the herd or in the center of the herd or whatever. Um, I feel like that's just what I'm trying to do. And I have this willingness to kind of do things that in the past I would just scoff at and. Um, Gentle reminder. Thank you. And um, so, yeah, I'm just, I'm just really, really super grateful, super grateful that I have this thing that calls me to kind of have to really get close to God. And so with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you. We're going to stop the recording there.